Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. It's pretty clear that people want to be joyful. People want to be happy. I mean, the pursuit of happiness is written right there in the Declaration of Independence of our country, right? It's one of our inalienable rights. But as you look out at the world, it seems like so many are failing in that quest to find true, lasting joy. Uh, But I hope that you see, as we read through the Bible, we see that ultimately the source of real joy and real happiness is going to come from God and also from His Word as it points us to God. And today we're going to see, frankly, some passages that should make you happy, uh, some passages that should fill you with joy in your heart as we read God's Word. And the first set are going to come in the New Testament as we continue to look at the resurrection accounts of Jesus Christ. Today, Matthew 28, 9 through 15, Mark 16, 9 through 11, and John 20, 11 through 18. And we're going to see even just some examples of how the resurrection brings joy. And one particularly poignant passage we'll look at is there in John chapter 20, where Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. And uh, it says that Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she looked into the tomb. Now, this, uh, for those of you especially thinking about the chronological elements of this, there's some interesting questions raised by these passages we're looking at uh, when it refers to, okay, what was the sequence of events after the resurrection? Because even in Matthew, we see a group of women here. We're just seeing Mary. Is this one of those situations where in what we're reading about here, Mary isn't actually alone? She's the only one that's mentioned, but there are others present. Or at some point, did Mary get get separated from the other women? And I don't know that it's possible for us to know for sure, but some will try to use those discrepancies to cast doubt on the resurrection. Uh, And what we'll see even later is no, the resurrection itself uh, has stood the test of time. And I I think is something we can look at even the evidence and say all evidence points towards the resurrection. But there are possible ways for all of these things to be reconciled, but that's where we don't know. They don't give us all of that information, but we know enough to clearly know Jesus rose from the dead. And we see here, Mary is weeping, Uh, weeping, obviously uh, an expression normally of sadness. She is sad and the angels come and uh, they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. And having said this, she turned and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. It's possible that, you know, she just was not expecting it. Uh, It's possible that her vision was obscured by her tears. It's also possible that Jesus, like we'll see soon with the men on the road to Emmaus, somehow conceals himself um, from Mary. And Jesus says to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are are you seeking? And supposing him to uh, be uh, the gardener, she said to him, sir, they have carried him away. Tell me if you, where you have laid him and I will take 
him away. If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And then Jesus reveals himself to her. And you can see Jesus then has to say, do not cling to me. It's not written, but I think the assumption is, well, Mary instantly clings to Jesus. And then she goes and tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And there's a few things here about this passage. I mean, I want you to put yourself in Mary Magdalene's sandals for a moment. Again, we know the resurrection. We are familiar with this. Uh, The fact that Jesus uh, rises from the dead. I'm going to go out and guess that however many of you are listening to this podcast and going through the Bible, I'm going to guess that not a single one of you was surprised by that plot twist, right? You all knew that was coming because you're familiar with Christianity. Our whole religion uh, centers around the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this was not a surprise to you, but it was a surprise to Mary. She clearly did not understand. And so I want us to just see how uh, let's not take the resurrection for granted. What a joyful thing this is that Jesus rose from the dead. And I love how it puts it there in verse 15, where Jesus says, whom are you seeking? And I think that there's an implication even there, and we'll see this, uh, this shouldn't necessarily have been such a surprise for the followers of Jesus because Jesus had said this was going to happen. He had said he would be crucified. He He had said that he would rise again. And so I think even by asking, whom are you seeking? It's really digging deeper, not just, hey, who are you looking for? Ha ha, she's not, she doesn't know it's me yet. I think it's really, what kind of Messiah did you think I was? Uh, Did you think I was a Messiah that was going to stay dead? Did you think I was the Messiah that wasn't going to accomplish what I set out to do? What kind of savior did you think I was? And I invite you to reflect on that question today. Uh, What kind of savior do you think Jesus is? And when we truly grasp who he is, well, it will bring joy as we rejoice in the victory of our risen savior. In Matthew's account, where we looked at verses 9 through 15, there is the the cover-up, right? It records um, the the religious leaders and the chief priests coming and, and telling the soldiers to claim, oh, his body was stolen and paying them off and even saying, hey, we will, uh, you know, if this comes up, we'll keep you out of trouble because the, the soldiers could get in big trouble for even potentially lose their jobs or their lives for their failure if for the disciples stealing the body. So they say, hey, we'll, we'll smooth that over with your bosses. We'll take care of that. And here we see kind of the first of many theories that have been used throughout history to try to discredit the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But that's where we're looking at four eyewitness accounts of the resurrection. Uh, There is so much evidence to believe the resurrection. Even just think again of how uh, these guys, they lie and they pay money to cover up the lie because the lie is protecting them while the apostles go on to give their lives for the truth of the resurrection. If it really was a lie, uh, do you think that they would go through all of that? Um, You know, that they would give their lives for something that ended up costing them. Many of them suffered so much in the years to come as they sought to serve the gospel. So we serve a savior who is risen and we can be confident the the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a historical reality. And based on all of that, well, then we can be joyful. 
We serve a kind of Savior who is alive. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again. He is coming back. Now, as we go to the Old Testament today, we're looking at Psalms 81, 88, and 92. And we'll start with 92. Uh, it really is a, a song of praise, a song of, of joy. We've, you've probably sung many songs based on the words of this psalm before. If you've been a Christian for a while, it begins, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the work of your works of your hands, I sing for joy. All right, so there we see, uh, at the works of your hands, I sing for joy. And that's where I, I would encourage all of us to think of the resurrection as the exhibit A of the works of the Lord, and we should sing for joy at that. But then just those earlier things, it's good to give thanks. And I think lots of times that's where joy begins. Sometimes we think of happiness as a feeling, and our feelings admittedly can be difficult to control. That's why I don't think the Bible really tells us, hey, feel happy all the time. Uh, But it tells us to give thanks. And so it is good to give thanks and to remind ourselves of God's steadfast love and his faithfulness. And many times what begins with giving thanks and then leads to reflecting on um, just the, the goodness and faithfulness of God then leads us to singing for joy. And he goes on to consider the Lord more. And also he speaks of the value of righteousness. The righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So those that put their trust in the steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord and follow him, they will find that that leads to a stability and a strength in their own life that can only really come through faith in the Lord. Let's just briefly touch on these other Psalms today. Uh, Psalm 81, we see uh, a little bit of a sad story here as God reflects really on how the people rebelled against them uh, and how he wanted to satisfy them. You see that in verse 10, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Hey, trust me, look to me for satisfaction. And that's where you'll find it. But verse 11, my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Then it says in the end, but he, God, would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with the honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. And I think that is a picture somewhat of what we decide when we give in to sin. We are turning our back on something uh, superior. Sin is always the inferior choice, especially if you think through the long run. Sin is always exchanging something that God wants to give us for something that is is much worse. He wants to feed us with what is the finest, but many times we are stubborn and choose to rebel. And Psalm 81 there might help us see sin in that light. Psalm 88 is another psalm that comes from just a difficult moment, but crying out to God. Uh, And you see how 
how low the, the psalmist is here. So again, if you are in a place of suffering or a place of struggle, maybe this psalm will help you there. And that's where I love the psalms. Even today, we see a psalm in Psalm 92 of praise. Uh, you have made me sing for joy at your works. And then we see a psalm like Psalm 88, uh, where it says, my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. So whether your soul is full of troubles today or your uh, soul is full of songs of praise, I think we can all find joy as we look to our risen Savior, as we lift up our requests to Him, and as we trust in Him. I do pray that that would produce uh, joy and, and strength in our lives today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.